0: you're listening to the Donor Growth Podcast, forward-looking conversations for those who believe that donor growth is possible.
1: Every week, we'll explore a thought-provoking topic to help build deeper relationships with more of your donors. We are your hosts, Luis Diaz
0: and Mike Dirksen. Now let's get into it. Louis, do you know what the North Star metric is for this podcast, the Donor Growth Podcast? What is the one metric we look at to see if it's successful?
1: Tech Republic listeners, number of dad (laughs) jokes per episode. I don't know. Hit me.
0: Here's the one that I look at is, are we having fun? To me, that is the only metric that matters for the Donor Growth Podcast. Are, Are you and I still having fun? Do we like doing this thing? Do we like getting up early and recording this once a week?
1: It's a highlight of my week, but it, you bring out something really good, which is anything that's worthwhile, Started out because somebody really liked doing it. And that's what keeps you going through the ups and downs. Speaking of downs, we missed last week, but we're going to catch up and we're going to keep our promise up for the weekly episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're back, baby. In fact, we are recording, we're finally batching again, we used to batch these and then we would have a bunch in the hopper that we could just release. Just just got really busy. And then we started living life on the edge and we started recording it minutes before it actually had to be published.
1: (laughs) I know. Do you know that actual, like professional, real podcast recorders, people that do podcasts, put a whole lot of production into them? I typically surprise folks when I tell them how we do this.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 It's a whole process. You got to get Zoom to fire up and and then you got to shut it off again at the end.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. But again, that makes another point for both of us in our careers and in our practices now. Sometimes getting stuff done is what makes the difference. And that's what we're here for
0: done done better than perfect we still have our crappy canva graphics for the podcast even though we said we'd level we'd level up our branding a little bit but dude i like polished things a lot like i like good brands that look good and all of this i like that a lot at the same time i don't want to be hindered doing something just because i'm i'm waiting to get that right so just like hitting record getting something out there i think that's at least for our purpose, that's more important than building the the brand of donor growth, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and I mean that could be one of our north star metrics. Wink, wink, tying it back to the topic of our episode, but we just choose other things, right? We choose fun, we choose engagement, we choose bringing people on the onto the podcast, and the parallelism with fundraising shops right now is that you should choose what your priorities are, but they can be different things. You don't have to do the same thing as everybody else.
0: All right. Peter Drucker. I feel like we quote that dude a lot on our podcast.
1: Is he famous or something?
0: (laughs) Yeah. A few people have heard of him. I think he's written a couple of books. Anyways, you know what you, you you manage what you measure. So today we are going to talk about North star metrics and, Okay, what, what is a North Star metric?
1: So let me give you the definition and then make a comment on your Drucker quote. North Star metrics, the top line metric that everybody in the organization or at that level of the organization, so if I'm thinking of the development or advancement or whatever you're calling it, department, mm-hmm. that aligns everybody. So it's picking one or two things. I you know it sounds like a like a huge, it's like a zen exercise. You have to be a, a monk practically in nonprofits to get there. But it's really choosing one or two things that encapsulate where you want to go. Going back to the Peter Drucker quote, I see a lot of comments in, you know, in our sector among nonprofit professionals. About oh you know we're measuring the wrong things we're doing it all wrong. But the reaction is typically you know these things you can't measure, or you know it goes into like we we just should like we have to think of the limitations of measurement and of you know the mechanics and metrics and all that. It's it's an art, and I don't know if I 100% agree with that. I to some extent what I always want to say is well why don't you measure why don't you pick a different North Star metric. Right. That does align with that. So I'm kind of in the middle. I'm kind of torn in that conversation.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, in other podcasts, we have gotten into the areas of attribution and how some things just can't be easily measured or attributed. And I know we're going to talk about that a bunch more, but what you're saying is, yeah, that's cool. And if that can't be easily attributed, let's pick something that can be. And You know, let's pick some signals that show that something is working and we'll make that the measurement. Is that what you're saying?
1: Exactly. And really, if you think about it, I mean, what can't absolutely not be measured? I think that's a pretty small subset of things. What our errors of attribution pod was about was that it's impractical a lot of the times to measure it. So you're doing a thousand things. You're not going to be surveying everybody all the time. Right, to know if this is building trust or whatever, whatever it is that you're trying to do, it's impractical to measure the long term effects of urgency driven campaigns. Right, so that that inserts you have to like be aware of that. But for these one or two North Star metrics, I think you could measure them if you said, Okay, this is important enough that we are going to survey people in certain ways. Okay, to, to have a sense of this. So let's
0: get into some categories of metrics. Let's get practical quick. Yeah. What are some types of things that could be metrics? And then at the end, we'll loop back to the thing that you said, you know, you should have one or two because we are going to talk about a lot of them. And so at the end, we'll loop back to out of all of these, you know, how can you how can you pick the most important ones? So let's start here. You've got some categories for North Star and metrics. Number one is number of donors. Why is this important?
1: Well, this is supposedly, you know, an indicator of pipeline of future growth of the nonprofit. So right now we're growing donors. That means that if we're doing our job right in two to three years, we're going to be growing our revenue. It's possible to do this in a more superficial way where we're actually just trying to grow our number of donors and, you know, and and that's, Maybe okay. Maybe that's a good idea for some types of nonprofits that have huge brand that have an emotional case for support that can reach lots of people, you know, who have a total addressable market that's pretty large. Okay. I like to talk about loyalty. So, you know, I, I try to s- not so often propose number of donors as North Star Metric, but rather how many donors who have been with you for two to three years. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, that's one category.
0: So when you say number of donors, you don't mean number of people in the CRM. You mean like number of people who, who have given in the last 12 months or 24 months or something like that?
1: Yeah, that sounds... You're you're much more disciplined than I am, Mike. Yeah, that sounds like something I would like to say.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. Then we, we've got the activity growth. I like this one a lot. What are some activity growth metrics?
1: Yeah. So there's this Amazon quote story where they try to set their metrics around things that they can control. So sales, that depends on the macro environment, a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. They they don't have so much control over that. What they can control, what a fundraiser can control is how many visits they go on, how many proposals they put out, the you know ask amounts in those proposals. And if you have enough volume and if you do this for long enough, you start to see patterns in your nonprofit so it becomes pretty predictable, you know, X number of outreach calls, results, and X number of meetings. So just measuring that activity and setting that as your North Star metric is a possibility. You know, is a yeah. very justifiable way to do it.
0: You know why I like this one? For a few reasons. Number one is a lot of shops don't measure activity whatsoever. They they just don't. Number two is like you said, it's these are the things that you can actually control. These these are the inputs that you're putting into this thing, right? Yeah. And the outcomes are largely out of your control. The The way to affect an outcome, the way to get more gifts or to engage more donors or to grow your revenue, the way to do that is to, to do a certain amount of activity <laughs> and mm-hmm. that can be volume or it can just be less volume or doing it smarter, whatever it is. But that's how you affect the outcome is by changing the inputs. and. So many of us don't track this and, you know, major donor officers or fundraisers, whatever, they have an engagement plan, but they don't really work it. They kind of get up in the morning and they react to some emails that have come in or they get back to some donor phone calls, which is important, but they don't work this plan because they're not necessarily having a check-in once a week where it's like, did you hit the eight outbound calls that you were supposed to make? Yeah. Or, or did we get enough proposals out? And it is just simple math. It At the end, it is simple math. If you get this much stuff out there, this many people roughly get back to you. This many people roughly will take a meeting or will consider a proposal. And then at the end, you've got this many people who actually engage with you in a meaningful way.
1: And of course, Mike, we both know that quality is a factor in these goals, right? So just having a number becomes a numbers game. Mm -hmm. And everybody just starts logging visits, even if they went to see their uncle for coffee. So (laughs) we're not, I think we spoke about this in another pod, but I sometimes like to think of the goal and the anti-goal. So you want more visits, but you don't want to lose quality, the visit, you know, and that's managerial the cultural, you know, that's a whole number of other things in the organization. But still, when people criticize, oh, yes, you're playing, you know, you're just sending out proposals to make your numbers. I don't think the problem is strictly with that. I think it's just being done poorly or it's being managed in in a more superficial way.
0: Sure. And it's also, if you're only tracking activity, that wouldn't be a very smart thing to do. So, yeah, we are just getting out proposals for the sake of getting proposals, hopefully somebody is tracking our success rate and evaluating mm-hmm. how those partnerships are going and and like you get a clear picture, right? Which is yeah. kind of your next point, engagement growth. What is engagement growth? What metrics can we look at here?
1: I like this one because at least in my little corner of the fundraising world, it's something that shops have not thought about in a super disciplined way mm-hmm. and they have not connected that to fundraising growth. And we talk about this paradigm all the time. Other folks I work with, Jim Langley talks about this, that we're in a world where engagement precedes giving. It's no longer the other way around, where somebody sends you a gift out of the blue or from a cold letter, and then you start engaging them. Of course, you still have to do that. But so if you want future donor growth, right now you need to be seeing engagement growth.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And there's almost no way around that whether you're seeing it whether you're measuring it or you know whether you're able to see all of it or not that's a different conversation yeah but you need it
0: can some of these metrics be a sliding scale of hey how would we self-rank how engaged this segment of donors is on a scale of one to ten is, is is some of that some of the things are harder to track can we just do a self-evaluation or is that too too fuzzy
1: I mean, there's lots of levels to this. One of them is as a motivational and management tool. This is the number that goes on the whiteboard in the main office that everybody sees when they walk in the morning, right? From that sense, if you were in a tech company, they'd be measuring monthly active users or weekly active users even. That doesn't mean they wouldn't be measuring a whole lot of other things, including retention of those active users. So how long, you know, how, how long does it take for somebody to re-engage with you? In a nonprofit, it would be monthly active constituents or whatever you want to, monthly active community members, you know, whatever name you want to give it. But so every team, inside, ideally, what this, happened, what this makes happen is that different teams are doing what you're just saying. So they're saying, okay, we own the major donor, the this group piece. And now we're ranking it just like you described, because what we're doing is going to contribute to that big number on the whiteboard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: That's ideal. Um, My experience has been different.
0: <laughs> sure. The next one is growth efficiency. So basically how effective are we with the money that we spend to grow the organization?
1: Yeah. The time and the, time and the resources. Because, yeah. Mike, Tell me about your experience with this. Mine has been, we talk about ROI a whole lot, board members, like it's a term that people love to use, but then I don't see it tracked or set as an organizational goal very often, if at all. So sometimes it's more like, well, we're going to look at this in case you're doing a bad job, Mm -hmm. but this, if it's really a goal, then, you know, put it on that whiteboard, make it your no-star metric. I don't know what your your experience has been around this topic. And we're both in the kind of direct response world, which is more measurable.
0: Yeah. And I'm actually on the side of the table that sometimes fights against us a little bit, which is in the direct response world, you would look at the money that you spent on a campaign and campaign. We're talking about direct mail, email, social ads. We're not talking about the capital campaign. You would say, well, we spent this much and we got that much. So either it was effective or it wasn't. And we don't take into account, well, all the things that happen between campaigns, the stewardship, the phone calls, how connected donors feel, how much trust you've built over the years, your organic Mm -hmm. social that is contributing to that, the efforts your CEO and leadership is making in the community, your earned media, when people get exposed to good stuff that is happening that other people cover, all of those things don't get tracked in there. And so I'm always on the Mm -hmm. side of the table saying, "Hey, this ROI calculation for direct response is not a full picture." But in our world, you're absolutely right. ROI gets tracked for on a campaign level, on a a,
1: yeah. I'm kind of with you in the sense that ROI becomes much easier to measure at the organizational level. And maybe we're talking about the development, the entire development office. That's also why. It's easier to monitor the performance of the top leader. And that's why they get paid more. Right. Because at the fully aggregate level, you actually kind of do know how much you're spending in the entire operation and how much is being raised.
0: Yeah. And Um, where it gets. That's part of the problem
1: with this one. Like that breaking it down is really hard.
0: The breaking it down is hard and it contributes to silos. I'll give you two examples. One, you just posted a meme on LinkedIn that got something like 600 or some crazy likes, which is like this cheerleader, right? Like being held up. I don't know cheer terms. I think the person on top is called a flyer. I don't know what the person on the bottom is called, but it's like the flyer is essentially being held up and greeting a fan in the stands. And that's the major gift officer closing a major gift. And then the people Mm -hmm. holding the flyer up, you know, that's everyone else. And that contributed to that gift, but that doesn't get the attribution and therefore doesn't get the ROI. So that's one of the issues with going too nitty gritty for the ROI. I really Uh, like, I like both. I like doing it by department, but then looking on the aggregate and saying, did we grow net revenue this year? You and I mm -hmm. were in a meeting two months ago. And we were talking about, oh my goodness, yeah, these people can become mid-level donors. And the people in the meeting said, "That's fine, but if these fifty people become mid-level donors, you're going to have to find me fifty new mass-level donors." And like, why? (laughs) Well, I lost them from my portfolio, and they no longer. We're like, but you're
1: making more money.
0: We're like, but your net revenue went up. They're like, yeah, but. I only get judged on these people over here, not on the mid-level portfolio. That's my ROI, right? So if you're going to do that, you better find me other people to make up for that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Conclusion with growth efficiency as a North Star metric works better in the aggregate, starts to break down if you break it down. So that's a good one. I kind of like this one, but I know you have hesitations about the way to measure it, which you've expressed publicly and privately before. Next category of North Star Metrics, the donor experience, which some places measure with something called the net promoter score and MPS. That's become pretty famous. The goal before you start tearing this down, Mike, the goal is to measure how donors feel basically Mm -hmm. about you, how do they value you, are they loyal, all types of different kind of squishy type of things
0: yeah i think this is fantastic like like having the donor experience as a north star metric i think is fantastic probably something again most shops don't think too much about and 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 i would if you're talking about the one or two to pick i would make this one of them
1: personally mm-hmm. you just don't like the nps
0: we can we can maybe get into it a little bit but yeah, the net promoter score is how likely are you to recommend our product service nonprofit to a friend it's often used you anybody listening to this will have seen this question after a purchase somewhere maybe on amazon and it's like how likely are you to recommend amazon to a friend the problem with it as a metric is that it's it's proven to not be all that indicative of how likely somebody actually is to recommend. So in, in terms of like the statistical weight of it, even the, I can't remember the name of the person now that the one who sort of introduced and popularized it has kind of gone back and said, yeah, it's not the, 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 the end on be all. Yeah. I've read the same. It, yeah. But I think something like it to get that sentiment of you feel valued and satisfied i think is fantastic and you know that that literally could be an open text field as well which is just like where you just ask well what was your experience like and yeah you're going to get messy qualitative data and this is well, one of those where you just kind of get messy qualitative data and that's okay
1: but also we have these fantastic tools nowadays that are practically free where you can plug this messy qualitative data and it can tell you the sentiment yeah. It can do word clouds and all of these are freely out there where it turns that into something pretty actionable. I mean, I don't know. You can put it into a PowerPoint for, for a word presentation. Yeah. Yes. There's also something else called the donor commitment score that was put forward, I think, by the folks at Donor Voice several years ago. It's in a book called Retention Fundraising. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a separate episode, but uh, something. it, for it is a donor explore. experience. So
0: really- yeah it's publicly available it's five or six questions people rate their experience on based on autonomy on connectedness and i'm forgetting the loyalty
1: I, yeah i've seen i've seen some i've seen different versions but it's it, the research is kind of a black box so you have to take them at their word that it's really connected to giving but some of the pieces of it seem to me to reinforce other research that i've seen so it's kind of i'm taking a like You know, if I'm seeing enough things pointing in that direction, there must be something there.
0: Yep. All right. The next one, revenue. Revenue as a North Star
1: metric. Okay. I mean, like people are going to be saying, these guys are absolutely nuts. We're here to raise money. We're hard driving entrepreneurial culture. I've seen that Uh in job descriptions or I don't know, fast paced. Fast. I love that one. Fast paced. Except when you want to get a report from the database, in which case you have to wait for three weeks. But that's revenue- That's fired. That is- uh... <laughs> Sorry, sorry. So I have to get that off my chest. You may be posting about that. Revenue is kind of the most obvious one, right? For as a North Star metric, we're here to raise money and money is what we're we're here to raise. And that's what we're being measured on. It can be seen by the board as the primary objective. So the other ones take some explaining like, yeah, but you know, engagement growth is a leading indicator and, you know, revenue is maybe a lagging indicator. So we, our goal has to be the leading and like all of that just starts to sound very Mm excuse-like and I get it. So that's one of the benefits that revenue has. It's a number, you can't argue with it and it's out there.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, and you can, and it's in the bank, like engagement. How do I take engagement to the bank or how do I take some of these other things we talked about? How about, how do I take the donor experience? Yeah. Like Sally had a good time at the event. How do I take that? It really gets
1: us. It really gets us.
0: (laughs) How do I take that to the bank? So yeah, this is the one you cannot argue with. You mentioned leading and lagging indicators. Let's just do a very quick two second explanation for people who aren't familiar with that language. Leading indicator is something that basically tells you what might happen in the future. I'm going to oversimplify things here. It's something that tells you that indicates what might happen in the future. And a lagging indicator is something that tells you what already happened or happened in the past. So revenue is lagging. Revenue is, this is how much money has come in. It has no sort of use in indicating where things might be going. It just tells you what's already happened. And Sally having a good time at an event might be a leading indicator to her making another gift. But revenue won't tell you that.
1: I mean, in the aggregate, right? Yes. I mean, that's pretty much guaranteed in the aggregate. If you have 100 people having a good experience at the event, you're going to raise more money. If you have all your other pieces in order than if you didn't. yeah, Yeah. Leading Um, and lagging. Great stuff.
0: I think, I think revenue, I still make the argument revenue should be one of your North Star metrics.
1: Well, okay, but it's North Star. So unless you live in like a Star Wars planet, there's one and we're at, at most two. So I'm not like letting you weasel out of this one, Mike sense
0: Fair. Revenue should be used to determine your North Star metric then. <laughs>
1: it, okay. It, uh, fair. fair pushback. It should not
0: be a North Star metric. It should be one of the considerations you look at when determining your Star
1: metric. So you and I, we have our secret research project where we're thinking of a lot of fundraising knowledge, passed down knowledge, common knowledge through the lens of what growth stage is a nonprofit in. Yeah, Not all advice is good for the small nonprofit, the same way that not all advice is good for the large nonprofit. Could it be that revenue is a good North Star metric for certain nonprofits? And I guess I'm thinking kind of the larger ones. Whereas if you're trying to grow, it has its limitations. Like it's going to go up and down wildly. It's going to be hard for you to say, we did this and th- you know, and that led to this revenue increase. Suddenly you're going to have somebody walk in the door, pop a gift, and it's going to quadruple your, you know, what you raised that month. Yeah. But that won't happen as much in the very large nonprofit, right? It's going to kind of even out and become more predictable so that it's a better North Star metric. I don't know. Theory we're theorizing here, folks. We but we we do have projects yeah. and ideas to start researching this.
0: I'm not saying that we should look at Silicon Valley for fundraising advice, but in a startup environment revenue doesn't matter. In fact, profitability doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is getting in front of more people, is building an audience, building active user base, getting this in the hands of as many people as possible. Even if you make no money, even if it's at a loss, even if you're... In fact, if you tell an investor that you're profitable, they're going to tell you... If you're building a tech company, they're going to tell you, oh no. What are you doing wrong? You should be burning cash at this point. You are not growing fast enough. You're not being aggressive enough. So maybe maybe there's something here to it that that at, as a North Star metric, not that small shops don't need revenue. They need it more than anybody else. But in terms of like, what should we really look at to predict what might result in revenue down the road? It might just be like, hey, getting in front of more people. Mm-hmm. It's simple as that. Making more meaningful. I... Com- yeah, yeah.
1: So I love this. Let's summarize the different categories and then maybe go into why it's good to have a North Star metric. And maybe we start wrapping up if you think that's a good idea, Mike. So we talked about number of donors, activity growth, as in gift fundraiser activity, maybe also direct response activity. Engagement growth, which you could measure as monthly active constituents or through any other way. Growth efficiency, which has its important caveats, donor experience that we both love, and revenue. So those are the, what is it, six categories. Can you think of any others? Do you think that more or less covers it?
0: I'm going to add one more, which is a fuzzy one. Okay. Which I don't know if it should be a North Star metric. I, it might be for some. I think there's got to be something in here about the team because a good mm, team one, results results in revenue. So something about a team, satisfaction might be the wrong word. Um,
1: alignment. I've heard that word. Yeah. And when it happens, I know it's magical, but it's
0: hard to find. Yeah. I'm learning this as I go along. But like a well-functioning team can move mountains. And whatever situation they're faced, they can they can be creative and and try to figure things out. So I I don't know if that should be North Star metric or not. Just a bit of a something to think about to add in here.
1: But Mike, don't you live in the prairies? What's your mountain problem?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've got a remote team. Some of them are closer to mountains.
1: (laughs) Really great point. And kind of what's the book about getting the right people on the bus? And that's probably the only thing that matters. So you just torpedoed this whole conversation. It is possible that if you can measure that, that's the most important thing but whatever it is that you choose the thesis today is that it's important to have one or two things and that those things can change over time as, you, as your priorities change sure. and then to do them with like deep understanding so that it's yes it's the number on the whiteboard but there's lots of things that go into that
0: yeah back to our super res- super secret research project that you've talked about many times on this podcast now <laughs> Which is that different nonprofits at different growth stages have different needs. They look very different. Their funding sources might look very different and they should be focusing on different things. There is a time to maybe go after corporate partnerships, but it might not be necessarily at the beginning, right? So these metrics are going to change if you grow because Mm -hmm. just your business model might change a little bit, but there's, you know, there's different types of nonprofits, broadly speaking, regardless of growth stage. I'm looking at your notes here. So, Louis, you say there's community-based nonprofits, and they should focus more on donor growth and donor engagement. There's nonprofits who rely a lot on grant funding, institutional funding, and of course, revenue generation and the efficiency of fundraising might be more important there. There are some nonprofits like local library foundations that have membership models they might very much be more focused. The North star might be more, Hey, the donor experience, because that's going to result in membership renewal, very digital forward nonprofits who make most of their money through, through online activities. Again, they might focus on engagement because getting a donor to make one gift online is, it's not easy, but it's easier than getting the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth gift. And so, um, you know, Moving from that to a more engaged donor base, so you've got different metrics at different growth stages.
1: Yeah, that I think sums it up. Yeah, I think so. This is where sometimes you and I, with our respective businesses, start working with a team, and we find that a lot of the word is strategic. And I think these these are the types of really juicy conversations that we like to have. And you know, before going into okay, it's execution time. You know, and, and I feel that it's important to make space for these conversations. Yeah. Otherwise, you're running in maybe the wrong direction. So, right.
0: Okay, let's end it here. You're going to pick one or two metrics because it's a North Star metric. So, so you
1: actually say pick
0: one, maybe two, but just pick one. So is the helpful exercise to be like when somebody walks in to the office There's a giant screen, and it's got one metric that they're going to see every day. Is is that a useful frame to think about? What should we focus on?
1: Yes, I totally. Yes, I mean, my answer is yes. I'd love to have a donor experience metric on that board. Yeah, but again, if did you who who did you say had a great experience at the event, Sue or Sally? Sally. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, So yes, you have to create great donor experiences, but you know, maybe it would be interesting to have two numbers, donor experience and revenue. That would be a a good, like, I think a good contrast. That's my bet. What's yours?
0: I would put the number of donors about to laps.
1: Mm, good one. I'm being like
0: semi-facetious it. here. If you're an organization that's very heavy driven by peer-to-peer or whatever, that, that number is going to look big and deflating every time. But it is mm. one of our my favorite numbers in, in a quarterly fundraising review with clients to be like, hey, th- these are 24 people who were loyal donors. You talked about loyal donors. So they made this X number of gifts in the last X number of months. And they have not given for 12. They're about to have not given for 12 months.
1: So, these love people, it. These love people it. deserve a call. Yeah. In fact, it's pretty genius because it inserts urgency into the equation. Now I yeah. feel like I need to call them, which is very often lacking from these metrics. Yeah. Well, folks, you have our best thinking today on North Star metrics. We hope it's helpful. And as always, give us a ring, send us a DM if you want to come on an episode. We love having guests to do some life consulting if you have a thorny problem you're thinking through and we hope to see you next time
0: lewis i gotta ask are you having fun
1: every time how how, do we need like an exit survey ourselves
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm just putting it up on the whiteboard here is lewis still having fun yes no
1: and our motto is going to be moving mountains
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right that's it folks
1: Thank you for listening to the Donor Growth Podcast, brought to you by the Donor Participation Project and buildgood.com.
0: If you found today's episode helpful, please help us by sharing it with a friend, posting about it on LinkedIn, or giving it a
1: rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, remember that donor growth is possible.